Good morning and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Already December, where has the time gone? This year has just flown by and we are in it. We are in the holiday season. It's a time of joy and celebration, but sometimes too much celebration. That's why we want to be mindful of our alcohol consumption. It's crucial for maintaining both mental and physical well-being. Excessive alcohol can contribute to weight gain, disrupt our sleep, and weaken our immune system. Plus, of course, it impairs our judgment and ability to drive. But with a little advanced planning, we can cut back on drinking over the holidays. It always starts with our why. What is your motivation for limiting or avoiding alcohol? It might help to focus on the benefits it will bring to your overall well-being and how proud you will feel for achieving your goal. To help you create a plan, we have six simple steps to cut back on drinking this holiday season. Check it out on our website at WFPG.com. Click health on the drop down of our app or visit our Facebook page. Lots more coming up today on Living Well with Robin Stoloff on Light 96.9. If you're hosting a holiday party or get-together, it won't be a very holly jolly season if your guests get food poisoning. That's why we all should know the four basic food safety principles called the core four. They are clean, separate, cook, and chill. Clean your hands and any surfaces with warm soapy water before and after handling any food, especially raw meat. And speaking of raw meat, be sure to separate that, raw poultry, and seafood from other food in your grocery cart and when preparing. Use one cutting board for meat and another for fresh produce. And cook is the third principle. Cook to the safe internal temperature. This will kill harmful bacteria that can cause foodborne illness. Visit FDA.gov to find the safe internal cooking temperature for the food you are making and be sure to use a food thermometer. Finally, time to chill. Certainly what we want to do after hosting a gathering, but we're talking about the food. It's easy to leave food out as we're enjoying each other's company, but we should refrigerate foods quickly because cold temperatures slow the growth of harmful bacteria. Food should be left out no longer than two hours. Follow these core four basic principles to have a safe and happy holiday get-together. Living well on Lake 96.9. Not surprisingly, December is the biggest gift-giving month in the world. And it's appropriately designated Safe Toys and Gifts Month. It reminds us to think about the safety of the toys we're buying. Here with us now is Dr. Michael Klufus, a retina specialist with Mid-Atlantic Retina, a part of Will's Eye Physicians. Thanks for being with us. People may be surprised to learn how many toy-related injuries there are each year. Yeah, thanks for having me, Robin. In statistics, there are about 225,000 toy-related injuries uh, in U.S. hospital emergency rooms with children under age 15. So it's really important to take care of some of these tips and tricks as uh, recommended by the American Academy of Ophthalmology when purchasing toys. What are some of those tips? Uh, Well, avoid toys with uh, sharp protruding or projectile parts and avoid uh, bows, arrows, darts, and missile-type projectile toys. I think another thing is uh, choosing toys that are age-appropriate for children. And if you have children of multiple ages, having the younger children stay away from the toys that are meant for uh, older children as well. And also following supervision, if some of these toys are a little bit more high risk, make sure you're supervising your child if you do purchase one of these toys. And I think sports equipment is pretty popular. So, you know, even asking your local IND, making sure that the proper type of eyewear is worn with specific sports equipment, such as racquetball or things such as this. 
some good things to think about, especially when you might be getting a toy for an older kid, but really need to consider if there's a younger kid in the house that could get hurt by that toy. Yeah, and I think it's good for people to remember, you know, uh, as adults, we serve as the best setting the example for children and using good judgment and wearing protective eyewear and such uh, engenders these types of protective habits in our children as well. And more information is available on uh, getismart.org, which is part of the American Academy of Ophthalmology. And some of the things we talked about can be reviewed there as well. Great tips and information, especially as we're in the midst of our holiday shopping. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Michael Klufus of Will's Eye Physicians. You are living well on Light 96.9. So many of us wear smartwatches now, whether it's a Fitbit, Apple Watch, or another brand. They tell us a lot of information, and one of the most important is our resting heart rate. It can help us determine how efficient our heart is beating and if we have certain health risks. For most people, an average resting heart rate falls between 60 and 100 beats per minute. Resting heart rates over 100 can signify stress, overconsumption of caffeine, or an illness. On the other hand, resting heart rates below 50 can also be a sign of an increased health risk. However, for people who are regularly active, a lower heart rate at rest implies a more efficient heart function and better cardiovascular conditioning. For more details and how to measure your heart rate manually if you don't have a smartwatch, visit WFPG.com, click Health on the drop-down of our app, or just check out our Facebook page, Living Well on Light 96.9. As rates of colorectal cancer rise among younger adults, updated guidelines call for screenings to start at a younger age. Here with more is Dr. Desiree D'Angelo, a general surgeon with Premier Surgical Network in Egg Harbor Township. What are these new guidelines? So as we're finding more colorectal cancer in younger patients, the new screening age is 45, where it used to be 50. So if you have no family history of colon cancer, then you should be getting your colonoscopy at 45. We know that early detection is the key in all types of cancers. Do we expect that these new guidelines will increase survival rates? Yes, hopefully, as long as patients are getting their colonoscopies, because colonoscopies are actually preventative in colon cancer, whereas a mammogram doesn't actually prevent uh, breast cancer in any way, going in and doing a colonoscopy and removing polyps actually prevents colon cancer. What happens when you find polyps? So in a colonoscopy, if we find a polyp, we'll try to remove it entirely. There are some instances where polyps are too large and they can't be removed safely, so we'll do a small biopsy of it to determine what type of polyp it is, and then figure out whether we need to do surgery to go in and remove it, or maybe have another endoscopy in a year or so to try to remove the rest of it. That's really an important test Absolutely. for all yes. of us. Yes. So we're starting at age 45 yes. if we are at normal risk. Normal risk. How often should we get a colonoscopy after that? So if you have no polyps on your initial screening colonoscopy, you're good for 10 years. If you have polyps, determining the number and type of polyps you have will determine when your next colonoscopy is. Also, family history plays a role. Right. If you have family history, then you may already need to be in a smaller screening window where you're getting it every three or five years, depending on the age of the person when they had the colon cancer. Well, nobody loves getting a colonoscopy, <laughs> but it's something we need to do. Very Absolutely. Yes. And where can we learn more? Um, at our website at premiersurgicalnetwork.com. Dr. Desiree D'Angelo, thank you so much. Time now for Spreading the Health, powered by Atlantic Care. From routine care to minor injuries, to those long, unexpected stays at the hospital, it's important to have a healthcare provider you can trust. Did you know Atlanticare has been providing top-notch healthcare to Southern New Jersey for 125 years? Beginning in 1898, Atlanticare first opened their doors as the Atlantic City Hospital. 
helping a young boy who suffered a leg injury after falling off his carriage because of a frightened horse. Since that day, Atlanticare has been the bedrock of healthcare in South Jersey, growing into a powerhouse of healthcare expertise. They've become pioneers in specialized care, excelling in areas such as cancer treatment, heart health, orthopedics, and much more. Their commitment to staying at the forefront of medical advancements ensures that you get the best care possible, no matter the challenge. And it's not just about their expertise, it's about their heart. Atlanticare's team isn't just about treating illnesses, they're about healing, guiding, and supporting. They've grown from that first humble step to become an integral part of our community, a pillar of trust and care that generations have relied on. So when it comes to your health, trust matters. For 125 years, Atlanticare has been the name you can rely on. From a horse riding mishap to the most advanced treatments, Atlanticare has been there and will continue to be there for you and your family. For more information, visit atlanticare.org or call 1-888-569-1000. It's the ACUA's 33rd annual food drive, December 4th through the 15th. Here to tell us more is president of the ACUA, Matt Dinafo. Matt, you've been doing this a long time, really helps the community. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so for the past you know 30 plus years, we've been participating in this community food drive, and it really is a great program um, where we ask for community members during their recycling week to put out non-perishable foods. It could be anything from you know soup to canned tuna, peanut butter in plastic jars, you know canned fruits and veggies, and even diapers because diapers are something that community uh, in need can utilize. And we ask them to put them next to their recycling container on their recycling week, and our guys in the collection. Uh, week we'll go and pick that material up and then we'll bring it to me, the community bank of new jersey uh, the southern branch there in egg harbor township couldn't be any easier what are some of the items that you need most uh, anything non-perishable we just ask for no glass jars so you know any any canned goods that you have um, and like i said especially diapers is something new that people don't think about um, and the foods distributed again through the community food bank of new jersey the southern branch and they distribute it to over 300 partners and charities across Atlantic County, Cumberland, and Cape May County. And over the past 33 years, with the help of the community and the ACUA, we've donated over a million pounds of food for families in need. Again, it's the ACUA's 33rd annual holiday food drive. Matt, where can people learn more? If you go to acua.com, you can find out all the information and details. And Robin, as you said, you know, December 4th through the 15th, Put out your uh, non-perishables in any plastic or uh, container bag uh, that you have next to your recyclables, and, and we'll take care of the rest. Thanks so much for joining us, President of the ACUA, Matt Donafo. I'm Robin Solo for your ACUA Eco Tip, making the earth a healthier place to live.